the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. Let me give you the phone number if you want to join the conversation. Add to it uh, whatever you like. 602-508-0960. The clock, uh, I couldn't do anything. We can't do anything about those top-of-the-hour news breaks. I was having a conversation with Stephanie right before we went to that top-of-the-hour break. Uh, and she was asking uh, about a vote on uh, the Water Conservation District and uh, voting for someone she knew who was uh, either a Democrat or a liberal. And uh, because she thought the qualifications uh, might have been better, I think that's a fair representation of her call, Bill. If I'm missing anything, let me know. I want to return to a fuller answer on that in a moment because I've gotten a lot of requests to reprise something I have said about points related to that. So I'll tie that up again. If Stephanie's still listening, um, I will uh, I will add to my thoughts in a few moment on that in a few moments on that. But first, just uh, to uh, to engage the patients, let me go to Mike in Maricopa. Thank you for holding Mike. How are you, sir? Yes, absolutely. I'm just fine, Seth. Uh, Your question there at the top the beginning of the first hour, if the people are turning out to vote for more than just, you know, the two or three subjects. More than just the economy broadly. Yeah, that's how that's what keeps being uh, stated as the polling is showing it's the economy or inflation. I think it's a lot more than that, though. But it's my postulation. Go ahead. That's that's how I set it up, more or less. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it's it it appears to me that the media is trying to mm, just trying to get it into the corner. Oh, well, people are just upset over a couple of these issues. But I think the people are upset about the border, the inflation, gas prices, Afghanistan, crime with the early release of these criminals or just turning them out with no bail, men on women's sports teams, COVID vaccinations and the lies that are coming out of about what they told us, this stuff about global warming, Uh, the media. I think the people are voting with their wallet. There was that recent New York Times poll that says that the media is the number one problem with with security in our country. They also lied about the bio labs in the Ukraine. I noticed how that one fell off the radar. That's interesting. I think that, yeah. that the people are, are just tired of their lies and their obfuscation, this blame game. Sometimes I think President Biden might be working for Whopper, for Burger King because <laughs> he's certainly trying to sell us some Whoppers. <laughs> the... the uh, uh, and it's not just the Biden administration. People are for voting for a different attorney general, senators, people in the House, the school board, the governor, the superintendent of public education. It's everything from the top to the bottom. But, you know, this has been building for a long, long time, and it's finally reaching critical mass. And then when they try to step along over the line and turn around and attack President Trump and say, oh, well, you know, the 
gas prices are going up because of such and such. Russia. Or, oh, Vladimir Putin yeah. or right. any number of things that they're trying to blame it on instead of stepping up into the microphone and, and admitting, you know, you seek responsibility, but you take responsibility of your actions. And that's another thing. They, they just don't. They absolutely refuse to say, yeah, the gas prices have doubled because of the Keystone Pipeline or this or that or the leases or the permits for the, the things. And people can look around. They talk to other people in stores, coworkers, and everybody feels the same. And it appears to me they're trying to uh, play this. Oh, well, you know, you go to a, a speech or something and you ask a candidate and they, they kind of hem and haw and it's like, oh, that's a good question. But honestly, you're the only person that's talked about it. But you've talked to your neighbors, your coworkers and people in line at this, the supermarket and they're all feeling the same way. And, 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 and people like you had mentioned with that earlier caller about reading the, the, the stupider that they can keep the people, they'll buy this stuff. And, and Yes, I always like the story. I, I always remind of the story about Pol Pot grinding up people's glasses. He didn't want them to think for themselves or read for themselves, right? Correct. Right. Yeah. You and know, you're, you you're, you're kind of touching on something that goes uh, that will be a nice segue to my larger response on what Stephanie was calling about in the last hour. <clears throat> but before I get there with you, Mike, one of the interesting things you mentioned the media and they're wanting to put fingers on the scales of these things uh, more like a fist um, than a finger. You, 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 this is what kind of got me thinking about this thesis that it's more than just the economy. It's everything you said and more. They, they, um, this got a little bit of a highlight yesterday, I think. I don't know if you saw it, but um, I think it was MSNBC. Yeah, MSNBC was uh, testing, poll testing a group, a sample audience and um, of select voters, and they were trying to push the issue of but don't you understand what happened on January 6th? And the people they were talking to were saying, yeah, what about January 6th? The press wants it to be about January 6th, as the Democrats do. Why do you think they subpoenaed Donald Trump um, for November to give documents um, for the subpoena to issue right before the election for his turning over of documents? Of course, they're trying to make January 6th an election issue. But so, too, was MSNBC. But the surprise was from this sample group, they weren't buying the narrative. Each and every one of them had pushback to the reporter, um, including the death of Officer Sitnik, uh, the, including 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 um, who caused it and how it, how it went down and how many people died and how that's more relevant than uh, the 30 people who died in 2020 from the riots and the 14,000 people that were arrested then. People are very, I think, very, very, very tired of being told what they should think and how they should think. I think COVID, I think what happened with COVID opened a lot of people's eyes that the government is just not telling us the truth, but neither is the media. See, that's the difference, Mike. Sorry to go on. You, you just got my wheels working no. on this a little bit. Uh, I have this. I, I have an ongoing conversation with a friend. Is it worse now than it was ever before? Because we've always gone through ebbs and flows. My answer is yes. It goes to my monologue yesterday. My answer is it's much worse now because in yesteryear, the media saw and knew of its role to challenge the government. Always, 
always that was the point of almost every First Amendment media or journalism or press case. You had the language in there that that is why the media exists. That's why journalism exists, to question the government. And you had that. You had your Edward R. Murrow going after McCarthy, so to speak. Today, they're the handmaiden of the government. They don't question them, especially when it's national security or a public health crisis. They serve up exactly what the government wants with the narrative they want. And if they have to use double confidential sources, that's what they'll use, deciding for themselves what we should know, not questioning what the government is, 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 is trying to sell us. That's what's different. That's what's changed. That's, what's that's, making, that's sure. what makes it worse. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I agree with you. And, you know, it seems to me that the media, like you say, you know, the word journalist, when somebody would go to a foreign country, they would keep a journal of what they did and what they saw on certain days, and then they'd write an article about those items. And now it appears to me and a lot of other people that they're – Selling us an editorialization, they're spinning it instead of just the facts, ma'am. Like you had mentioned yesterday on the broadcast of about how hard it is to search for information on the Internet and how Google was uh, skewing things uh, towards the Democrats away from the Republicans. <clears throat> and that kind of reminded me as you were covering that. And that was, remember, oh, a week or so ago when I was having all that trouble finding that article from the House Foreign Affairs on Committee Afghanistan. On yeah, right. Side on Afghanistan. Yeah, why yeah. was it so hard to yeah. find that article? Yeah, why is it so hard to find that article? Why have they made what used to be a fairly simple way to understand? national uh nation's report card scores why have they made that so hard i um i toil in two areas of public policy i i tend to think i know a few things about it has to do with a uh, federal education policy and a few other things but also drug policy is a big one so i'm used to reading reports and um when it comes to the drug stuff as much as the education stuff these national reports they have made it so hard over the years to read these numbers and to get the data you want. used to be easy, Mike. It used to be really clear, really apprehensible, and really easy. And then they started, because the data was increasingly bad, they started making it more and more complex, more and more obscure, more and more difficult to get the information that you want. It really did used to be much easier what a weird irony in an information age, an Internet age, where we think we have so much information accessible to us at our hands. Yeah, in broad strokes, it's true. But these government reports, man, particularly in education and drugs I can speak to, they have really made it hard. They don't want us to know the truth. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. As inflation rises and your dollars are stretched thinner and thinner, more people are considering a reverse mortgage. I'm here to showcase Bingo Reverse Mortgage and share how their trusted team can take some of the guesswork out of it and what it can mean for you. The bottom line, a reverse mortgage allows you to convert equity in your home into cash or to purchase a home. To qualify, you must be a homeowner at least 55 years old and have sufficient equity in your home. A reverse mortgage can be your ace in the hole when it comes to actually retiring instead of dreaming of retirement. Most Americans, truthfully being told, tr truth be told, most Americans won't be able to retire. Bingo Reverse Mortgage is saving the American retirement. 
Get the safety net you deserve. Call the incredible Bingo team at 928-277-4476, 928-277-4476, or visit BingoReverseMortgage.com. BingoReverseMortgage.com. Tell them I sent you and get a free appraisal reimbursed at closing, a $1,000 value. That's Bingo Reverse Mortgage, another veteran-owned and staffed company we are delighted to have as a sponsor. Rick is in Mesa. Hello, Rick. How are you, Sam? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. And I was listening to your show, as I often do. I'm uh, driving home. And uh, you're talking about one of my favorite subjects, okay? <laughs> the control of the media. Oh, okay. And I did talk. I did call the other day, and we talked about uh, the big asset managers and the fact that they own. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, big big shares in mm-hmm. each other, and they also own big shares in media companies. Yeah, I actually so saw. It was look, funny you mentioned that because I think I saw the next day or a day after a story in the Wall Street Journal on that very point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'll look for it and see if I can't resurrect it. But go ahead, sir. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, well, because I think that's how they control, you know, the, the, the control of the media. We all see it, know that they do it. And even, you know, even the, the right wing uh, media outlets, you know, stick to a narrative. <clears throat> and I think, you know, it's always about following the money. And, you know, they, they have to, um, you know, toe the line of the people who own them. And so, you know, I don't know if we can, uh, me and you in the Wall Street Journal can get, you know, this to be a national uh, topic of a conversation. But I think that's the only way to break the media's hold on our politics and our country and, and you know, turning the rest of us into the serfs. One of the... Um... One of the interesting things, uh, well, two of the interesting things in what you just said, we all know it. My worry is we don't all know it. Uh, You know what I know. I'm worried we don't all know it. I'm worried about the theoretical, not theoretical, I've met him and you've met him, but just imagine for the rest of the audience, you know, the theoretical busy person who is not, you know, a regular listener to talk radio or perhaps reader of the Wall Street Journal or Fox News or Powerline or one of your favorite conservative websites, you sure... Average 40 to 55-year-old mom who hears something here and there on NPR or CBS or CNN, um, those things to her still have glosses of rep- – glosses, more than glosses. They have coverings of respectability and objectivity. I don't know that they know it. I don't know that they well, know I they're agree. being propagandized. I worry about that. And then one other thing, and I'll let you respond to either or both if you'd like, Rick. Um, this is a thesis of um, – Someone I, I I increasingly recommend, um, Adam Carolla, uh, his podcast. He, he he mentions this often. When I say I increasingly recommend, uh, I do have cautionary notes. Sometimes there's there's a little I don't know what would you call it a gutter mouth over there. But um, if you can get through that, he says yes. Media's of all kind, the media of all kinds have biases. Yes, we all know Fox has a bias. Yes, we all know CNN has a bias. We all know being we in the industry. He said, but they also have a record. Who was right? Who was more right? They have win and losses, too. And so you take the bias as you see it or as you want it, I suppose. But at the end of the day, when it comes to things like the laptop story, or when it comes to things like everything having to do with COVID, was CNN right or was Fox right? 
was I right or was Anthony Fauci right? You know, um, it's it's true there are biases and we all have to do our homework and there's no substitute for doing your own homework on any story you care about. But who's been more accurate? Who has more egg on their face? That's that's a worthwhile question, too. Go ahead. Well, I think that's a great question. And but I think the answer to the bias is, uh, you know, a number of outlets having different opinions. Because I think, you know, uh, I don't know if you're a, a student of Socrates, but, you know, there's no such thing as virtue. So everything is going to have a bias and we're all going to have our own truths. But when you take in a plethora of opinions, it makes it easier for you to triangulate your own opinion. Because you all know <clears throat> that, you know, I, I mean, it could be, you know, when I call up, you know, I might be repeating what I heard on Fox or or, you know, some other outlet. And I don't think anybody has respect for just repeating what you heard on the news. But when you listen to a variety of <clears throat> opinions and news and facts, yes, a variety of facts, because, they, you know, they everybody kind of has their own truth to a certain degree. Um, that's how you, like I said, can triangulate uh, your own opinion and what, what's important to you. Uh, the only thing that I got caught up on is when you said Socrates says there's no such thing as virtue. I didn't quite understand that point. Well, I mean, he was, you know, searching for virtue and found out that, you know, virtue has a lot of, to do with your own point of view. Oh, okay. So, <clears throat> okay. you know, so what, what I might think is virtuous, you know, you may have a different opinion of. Yeah, and, I, uh, I guess I read Socrates differently than you, but uh, let's not get stuck on that. Well, we we can do that yeah. later. <laughs> we can do that another time if you sure. want. Okay, we can do that another time. I think the distinction <laughs> is finding someone who can teach virtue is not the same thing as knowing that virtue exists. But yeah. that also goes to objectivity. I mean, there is objectivity in this world, Rick, uh, right? We We would agree on that. There is fact and there is fiction. And sure. um, yeah. and yeah, I, yeah, I mean, mean the whole lie, point, you know, on purpose. Well, the whole point. Right. Well, the whole point of 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 opinion journalism, which is what I'm engaged in and what the First Amendment obviously uh, protects and what almost every newspaper I can think of is engaged in, is so that people can take an or opinion and make a decision with a conflict of those opinions. They get um, I don't know what who my counterpart would be, but let's say. In in a better day, they could read um, they, they they could read they could read E.J. Montini and they could read uh, Bill Buckley if his column ran in the Arizona Republic and then decide 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 who was more right and and go from there. Yeah, just, the problem we have like, now is they don't publish the conservatives. I mean, why does our paper? Why is every regular columnist for our paper on one side in a state? With only one paper. That's the problem. We would love a thousand flowers to bloom so that people could make choices. Why is there only one Fox, but CNN, NPR, ABC, CBS, PBS, MSNBC are all on the same side? It's not exactly a fair fight is what I guess I'm trying to say. All right. Thank you, Rick. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Um, yeah, I wanted to circle back to a question in the last hour from uh, a caller, Stephanie, um, asking about a race where uh, she wanted to know 
why I would uh, along the lines of if the person is a liberal or a Democrat, but seems to be more qualified, uh, is that a rationale for voting for them? Uh, is it OK to vote for them? I, not for me to say is 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 my first answer. Your, your, your vote. You have to decide. But I I have spoken to a related question on this um, twice in the past few weeks, and people keep asking me to reprise it, and maybe this will help with Stephanie's question a little bit, at least where I'm coming from. Um, this was part of our this was part of the chat at our battleground talkers event on Sunday as well, by the way. Uh, first of all, I, we start with a principle I think everyone on stage agreed with, something we've been saying here for a few months now. There's no such thing as a down-ballot race anymore, as far as I'm concerned and as far as I think we all should be concerned. Uh, we talk about down-ballot races as, you know, literally down the ballot, you know, not the top of what your printed ballot says, not the governor, not the senator, not the congressman, things that go steadily down all the way to, you know, city council or water district or mining inspector, you name it. And we tend to think of things, used to tend to think of things like superintendent or county attorney or city council as down ballot. They're down ballot. There's a few things about this that are, I think, wrong. One is a lot of these offices really are much more important than you otherwise might think. For example, the county attorney's race. It's really one of the most important races there can be. Um, this is the race that determines whether we will be like L.A. or like San Francisco with the crime and the chronic homelessness and the insanity of the criminal justice system or not. Do you want to be like Philly and Chicago? Then that's really going to be the county attorney that decides it. Now, it gets a little confusing because we think of district attorneys in those states, but that's our district. Our county attorney is the district attorney. We just call it the county attorney. So that's why I don't think the county attorney race, Rachel Mitchell's race, should be considered down ballot. I don't think there should be any. I talk to Sam Stone regularly, city council candidate. City council seems to be down ballot physically. It shouldn't be. The quality of city life, the quality of how you live in your city, and the quality and quantity of your police force, for example, the aid and help with what Rachel Mitchell is trying to do in keeping us safe through prosecuting criminals and not going down this weird Soros-backed criminal justice reform agenda that puts more criminals on the streets. It takes both. It takes the police and it takes the prosecutor. And the police answer to the city council. These shouldn't be down. Quality of life, safety, sanctity of this city, of this county, of this state, in large part does depend on what we otherwise used to call down-ballot races. I don't think we should think of down-ballot races anymore. Point one about down-ballot. The other point about down-ballot, by the way, school board, God knows. There couldn't be a downer ballot than school board. And now we know what that means. It means we're talking about school closures. It talks about mandates of masks, vaccines, curriculum. The curriculum is decided at the school board. How can that be considered anything but of the utmost importance? 
Why do you think Merrick Garland was sicking FBI agents and, uh, with local police to monitor and intimidate sco- uh, people showing up at school board meetings? Which gets me to the second thing about down ballot. The left knows that there's no such thing as down ballot. I think we're slowly catching up to that point. The left knows that. The school boards, that was their precinct. They owned it. The left did. And they got irate because we learned about it and started catching up. That's why the intimidation. That's why the prior restraint and the fear from the Department of Justice. We woke up to what they were doing. They don't think it's down ballot. They don't think the county attorneys or district attorneys are down ballot. Why do you think Soros put so much money into these Democratic county attorney or or district attorney races? Because it's important to him. We should be asking, why is it important to you guys? And we should be turning them away. That's all one point. Let me make a possibly even more important one when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. If you're worried about stock market volatility, you're not alone. Our friends at Y-Refi are offering an investment in a portfolio with a strong fixed rate of return and no correlation to the stock market. It's a great investment opportunity. It's an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio with up to 10.25% return for investors. Uh, the investment can be an IRA, it can be a trust, it can be a joint investment, it can be an individual investment. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm. It's made up of really great guys who do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that. You can check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y-R-E-F-Y.com, investyrefi.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. They'll never give you a sales pitch. That's what I do. They'll just talk about what they do and let it speak for itself. All right. This other important part of the question I want to address as to uh, voting for uh, Democrats or liberals in certain offices based on qualification over and against a Republican. Um, Even at the down ballot, or what used to be known until today as a down ballot office, the Democrats don't think of anything being down ballot, as I said, and if I can just reiterate that point for a moment, um, that's how they boil the frog slowly where you don't notice it and then faster and faster i uh, i always think of a story i remember reading in the uh, early 90s about a unfortunate woman who got hit by a car she survived and was fine but she was hit by a car in los angeles la cienega boulevard racing running not looking around not being careful she said she was running because she was late to a school board meeting and i knew when i read that that she was not a republican Democrats see school board or until now saw school board meetings as, you know, the kind of thing you would risk your life to get to. And now we've woken up. The other issue uh, that perhaps is most important is um, anyone who's going to affiliate with the Democratic Party will not have my vote anymore. This notion of voting for the person and not the party is over. Because the Democratic Party is over as a party that represents anything like the small letter D or the large letter D. This is the party that houses socialism in America. Uh, When I was growing up in college, there were no socialists elected anywhere 
In fact, you know the old funny stories about mom, can I marry? Dad, can I marry? You can marry anyone you want. Just don't marry a communist. Just don't marry. That was the one thing you couldn't marry. Don't bring home. I don't care if the person is Catholic or Protestant, whatever. Just don't bring home a socialist. Don't bring home a communist. There were none. They didn't exist. Now there are six in the U.S. federal uh, government in the House and Senate proudly proclaiming to be socialists. When they run in primaries in the Democratic Party, when they have challengers from people who claim to be more moderate and want to get rid of the AOCs and the Rashidas and the Elans, the DCC, the Democratic Congressional Committee, Nancy Pelosi's money bags, they endorse the socialist. They do not endorse the person who claims to be a moderate challenging the socialist. They're endorsing and endowing, that is to say, supporting those socialists. There are a hundred more, over a hundred more socialists, Democratic Socialists of America, affiliating under the Democratic Party in municipal and state legislatures across the country. This game of the moderate Democratic Party is over. It's over. Every time they sell it to us, we learn it again and again and again. How moderate is Joe Biden's administration? This was Mr. Moderate. Remember, this was the counterweight to Bernie Sanders. Every single Democrat caucuses with and supports a party that tolerates and endows and supports actual self-declared socialists. What does that Democratic Party do when they're not doing that? They're calling us fascists. Well, some of them, you may say. Really, some of them? The chairman of the Democratic National Committee twice this year on national TV said the Republican Party is the party of fascism. Joe Biden twice this year on national TV has called us semi-fascists while after saying that we are the party of Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis. Jim Crow 2.0 is what we stand for. This is the party. Every single one of these people who claim to be moderates, Mark Kelly, will not put one single constraint on the ending of unborn life. Not one. They've been asked about it and they will not do it. That includes up until the eighth and ninth month and even born alive abortion. This is a party that uses children to soothe the anxieties of adults and censors and shames anyone for arguing to the contrary. That's the party they're affiliating with. Well, they really are moderate. Then join the Republican Party. Gosh knows. Gosh knows. The Republican Party is a much wider fuselage than the Democratic Party. Then join our party. If they don't think that they're on board with those things well okay yeah i see your point about the abortion and i see your point about the calling us fascists this is a party the second largest county in arizona paraded strutted about an f the fourth of july celebration and they didn't use just the letter f This is a party of Katie Hobbs who has called us white nationalists and white supremacists it's a party that supported rioting if it was a left-wing riot Behind a movement of self-declared, not socialists, Marxists. And tried to gaslight us on those riots being riots. It's a party. Did you see this yesterday? Joe Biden gave an interview to this 25-year-old transgender TikTok sensation. 25-year-old 
for I guess biological male now calling himself a woman, but not a woman, a girl. He's acting as he's a teenage girl because he's trying to now go through those last 25 years as a growing up as a girl, acting the part of a girl. This Joe Biden gave this 25 year old an interview in the White House. It's the last time he talked to someone from Customs and Border Patrol. Never is the answer. He's he's out there slandering Customs and Border Patrol as whipping Haitians, whipping Haitians with horse with with horse reins. Which his attorney, Merrick Garland, we learned last week, knew was a lie before he even told Joe Biden it was happening. Knew it was a lie. Knew it was a lie. It's a party that encourages and supports children changing their sex and concealing it from parents. And wants biological men or feels it's okay or will justify biological men competing in women's sports and the military. It's a party that literally is trying to change history and the founding of this country to a date 157 years before it actually was founded so that slavery could be our narrative rather than freedom and equality. I can go on and on and on, but that's your Democratic Party, and that's why I will not be voting for a D ever. Not until they change, no matter how much more experience they have. Experience in all the wrong stuff is not good experience, not a good resume builder. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Alan's in Phoenix. Hello, Alan. Hi, Seth. How are you? Fired up, my man. How you doing? Right, rightly so. I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, no, you're fine. Um, but you know, there there is a, uh, a you know, like in everything, there's a, a a point of start. And and in this instance, the point of start for all of this was the unfortunate election of Barack Obama in '08. Um, what happened was when he got elected, and then by 2009, they do that transfer, and his people start taking over the money piles at the Democrat National Committee and all those other places. And they started feeling their feet in 10, got lucky they got reelected in 12, and then infested everything they could with globalist leftists. Anybody who's a Democrat on a party ticket, or some Republicans, who knows, um, who collects money from the Democrat National Committee and any of those arms are all leftists. That's all who's getting the money. That's, that's it. What happens is the top end of the party, where they spread the money, goes to the leftists. And such that we have been, you know, infested with this roach nonsense. I really feel bad for Mark Kelly. You know, I really do. They took the party of leftists, took a hero. And Navy pilots are not radicals and, and, and astronauts are not radical people. And he can't even look at himself in the mirror. You know, he went from this hero guy on the chicken dinner circuit being cool, and they turned him into this cash condo phone guy, and his votes are all automatic, and they're all anti-American leftist crapola. And I swear to God, he he's praying. He is praying to lose. He does not want six more years of this. <laughs> he hates those people. <laughs> he hated those people when he was a flag officer. He hated those people when he was at NASA and to be associated with them. I do. I feel bad for the guy. They they used him to beat McSally. Anybody could have beaten McSally. The plants in my backyard could have beaten him. <laughs> such a terrible guy. But and that and that and that goes to and that's all on Romney and that no that's all on um, on on Ducey, and that's a whole other story we can talk about for now. 
but I really feel bad for him. But but the genesis of all of this was was the infestation of the globalist leftist Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, the cabal of all these people who didn't belong in our government. I don't know how they got security clearances, honest to God. I really don't. I have no idea how any of these people were actually allowed in the White House um, or near the White House or on the grounds, for that matter. Um, they are so um, bad. Um the party definitely, yeah, you can call back if you want, Alan. It's just a very short segment, and I have an interview coming up. You can call back tomorrow if you want to do this more. The party um, the party did take a turn from Clinton to Obama, Bill Clinton to Obama. There's no question about it. But remember what the party was also before Bill Clinton. He might have been a bit of an outlier. You may recall he had to drag that party kicking and screaming to the center and then he kind of defaulted to type, which explains why Newt Gingrich and the 94 revolution had to drag him back to the center he campaigned on. So there is this magnetic pull port side at the Democratic Party. Um, Michael Dukakis and John Kerry and all that, you know, yeah. How far are they from Obama? Not not at all far from Obama. Not at all. Bill Clinton may have been the outlier. All right, we can pick up more on this later, buddy. Thank you. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.